0: Good morning. Why me, Lord? That song resonates with me very distinctly. And I need him every hour of every day, and his soul is in my hands. What is commitment? The dictionary definition is dedicated to a cause, a pledge or undertaking, an engagement or an obligation. What is the biblical concept of commitment and what does it mean for our lives? In Psalms 37, 5 through 8, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine Like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways. When they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Biblical commitment is to pledge a trust in God. God. And to believe that he will deliver on his promises to us. It requires us to love. It also means making sacrifices. We may need to say no to things we would like to do that appeal to us. Often biblical commitment will not be the easiest road to travel. In Matthew 22, verses 36 to 38. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. A promise kept is a book by Robertson McKilkin, who was a former missionary and seminary president. He gave up his position because his wife Muriel had Alzheimer's disease. He dedicated himself full time to take care of her for as long as the Lord deemed it necessary. Robertson wrote in his book that one time when their flight was delayed in Atlanta for a couple of hours, that every few minutes they would take a fast-paced walk down the terminal. His wife, Mariel, had always been a speed walker, so he had to jog to keep up. There was an attractive female executive who sat across from them in the terminal who was working on her computer One time when they returned from their excursion, the executive said something without looking up. And since there was no one else nearby, he assumed that she had spoken to him or at least mumbled something in protest about their constant activity. Pardon, he asked. Oh, she said. I was just asking myself, will I ever find a man to love me like that? Robertson turned to the woman and said, oh, yes, you can find a man like that. Because I found a man like that. The only reason I love my wife the way you see me loving her is because the man Jesus first loved me. The only resources I have to draw upon to love my wife The way I do are the resources he gives me. Mirrored in my relationship that you see here with my wife, you can see the faithful love of God for me. In Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There are times when we grow weary and tired, and it will be so easy to give up. But giving up is the easy way out. We are called to persevere, to press forward, to commit to the task before us. Luke 9:62. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to a plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. In Philippians 3:12 through14, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. We need to look forward to the glory that Christ has set before us and not look back where Satan the accuser sits waiting to convince us that we are just a pitiful lot and not worthy of Christ or service to him. Recently, my granddaughter asked me why I do not wear a wedding ring I told her that Sherry and I had exchanged rings when we were married but that I do not wear one I proceeded to tell my granddaughter that Sherry and I had agreed before we were married that I would not wear a wedding ring because I work around a lot of things of which that ring can get hung up on and possibly cause me to lose a finger or cause injury to that finger. I went on to say that my older brother had got his ring caught on a bolt on a grain rack on the farm. And he had serious injury to his finger. I went on to say that while the ring is a symbol of unending love, the ring does not have any magical powers to bind the two together. Or can it make them faithful and obedient to one another? Only true commitment through the good and the bad shows that the character and the true commitment of each other. If only one honors that commitment, it will not work. I'm very grateful. God has blessed me. I have an exemplary example of a Proverbs 31 woman. I could not have asked better. Jesus honors his commandments to us. And he is always ready and waiting for us to seek him, to commit and surrender to him. John White said he once had a premonition that his wife and infant son would be killed in a plane crash. They were traveling separately from the U.S. to Bolivia, South America. His wife was to fly by way of Brazil and Buenos Aires and then to Bolivia, while John was to visit Mexico, several Central American countries, Venezuela, Colombia, and other countries to strengthen the Christian work among students before joining his family in Bolivia. John said that the premonition came to him with a sickening certainty just before they parted at the airport on the night of a wild snowstorm. He recalled that he felt like a cowardly fool as he drove away and saw Lori silhouetted in the light of the doorway with the snowflakes falling around. John wondered, Why didn't I go back? Tell her that I would cancel that flight. Why didn't I act on the premonition? Truth is, John didn't believe in premonitions. And he never heard of words of knowledge. And Lori would probably just laugh at his concerns. It was getting late and John knew that he needed to get a place to spend the night before his early morning flight. He said that nausea. Fear, shame, and guilt filled him as he tossed miserably in the bed. Of course, he prayed, and by faith, surely, this thing would be licked. But in the face of such powerful premonition, his face seemed to be lacking, and God seemed to be a million miles away. The hours seemed to crawl by, each one like a year of fear. John wondered, Why didn't I hire a car and go back to them? What's the matter? Can't you trust me? John was startled. Was that God speaking to him? Yes, I'll trust you if you promise to give them back to me. Silence. And then... And if I don't promise, if I don't give them back to you, will you stop trusting me? Oh, God, what are you saying? John said he felt like his heart stopped and he couldn't breathe. Can you not trust them to me in death as well as in life? Suddenly a physical warmth flowed through John's body. Yes, I place them in your hands. I know you will take care of them in life or death. At that, his trembling subsided and peace came over him, and he drifted off to sleep. By faith, John had in effect said, I will do your will, whatever it costs me or them, and I will trust you. In Proverbs 3 5 through 6, trust in the Lord. With all your heart, and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Their plane did crash. Everyone on board was killed. Isaiah fifty-five eight through nine, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. While the plane did crash, there's more to the story. John's wife had also received a premonition from the Lord, and she acted on that premonition. She got off the plane and stopped before it crashed. We do not always understand God's ways, but we should always trust. Have faith and be committed to following the instructions he gives us. We should always trust that what Satan seeks to use for evil, God can use for good. Several years ago, while I was working on a job, I had an internal prodding to call a college acquaintance that I have not spoken to in over 14 years. To be honest, I I blew off that prodding. A few days later, when I was walking from the house to a barn, I received another prodding to make that call. I still had no indication of why I should call, just the prodding. I finally yielded to that prodding and started looking to find a phone number. And this was the day before cell phones, so they weren't Quite as complicated to find as they would be today. I made the call and learned that my friend had been estranged from her husband. We talked for some time and then continued to correspond. During this time, the words on the poster titled, Take a Moment in Truth, a copy of which happens to be hanging in the kids' classroom back there, came to me. While I thought God was using me to help a friend through a difficult time, I later realized that he was using that time to create a healing in me from an emotional hurt that I had received from someone else years before. We should not put off our commitment for what God is asking us until tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come, and the opportunity may no longer be available. As mere mortals, we make mistakes and sometimes do things we shouldn't. I certainly know I've made my share of mistakes. But mistakes should never change our commitment to Christ or to love one another. John thirteen thirty five, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. <clears throat> A father gave his college graduate son who was looking for a job this advice. Don't try and show them how much you know. Show them how much you want to learn. When our focus becomes self-centered instead of God-centered, we lose our greatest source of power, the power of God himself. The truest path to enlightenment is through humility we need to learn to lean on Christ for our strength. In John 8:12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." <clears throat> in John 8:31 to 33, 32, to the Jews who had believed him, he, Jesus said, "If you hold to my teaching, You are really my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Satan, the accuser, comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Do not believe the lies of the devil. Take hold of Jesus and the truth so that you may be set free. We have a God who keeps his commitments and honors his word. Do we as well? Unfortunately, too often we fall short make mistakes. But rather than dwell on our mistakes, we need to pick ourselves up and continue to do better. I read a poem that was attributed to Charles Wesley. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. What a great poem. Those chains of embarrassment, fear, insecurity, unforgiveness... Feeling we're not good enough or we're something else. But what freedom we get when those chains are released and they fall. Christ can help us lose those chains if we'll let Him. I saw a sign in the business the other day. We are not looking for people who have never failed, we are looking for people who never give up failures frequently come with a price and can often be thought of as bought and paid for experience. We can learn a lot from our failures. We should be committed to persevere, taking one step and then another and trying not to repeat the mistakes of the past. Chairman Mao once said the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. We should not live for the world so that we can enjoy Christ in our free time we should be committed to live for Christ so that we can live life to its fullest it does not matter what the distractions of the world are and there are many we need to make sure Jesus is first place in our lives in Matthew 4:19 come follow me Jesus said and I will send you out to fish for people in Matthew 18 or 28 18 through 20 Are we committed to sharing the truth? As we sing a song of invitation today, if you're ready to make a commitment to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life, or if you'd just like someone to pray with you, won't you come now as we stand?